passengers, may I have your attention, please? Take your seats and secure your seatbelt. The ride you're about to take will be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. They are the mics on mic, and this is Drive-By. Welcome, I am Mike J. He is my guest. We, Mike on Mike, this is Drive-By Wrestling. I guess it's Clean 15, or this just might be the new, slightly shorter version of uh, Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. What do you say, Mike? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. So, this week, uh, I guess we should start by saying an end of an era, Mike, uh, beginning of the new era. UFC, WWE, one company, uh, or two companies under one banner, I should say, TKO, uh, announced or celebrated on Tuesday, Monday being technically the last McMahon era Raw, and starting Tuesday at NXT, a brand new uh, company uh, guiding the ship, I guess, uh, which led to a Becky Lynch NXT Women's Championship. How do you feel about that, Mike? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Ratings were up; they were over a million for NXT. So hey, yeah, no shit. Becky Lynch was on. Um, <laughs> uh, look, man, it's cool or whatever. I guess I watched the ma- Of course I watch NXT. NXT is, I said this last week, I believe quietly become one of the most consistent wrestling shows in all of wrestling. Uh, everyone touted to death horns and it's crawled back into uh, a very familiar position that it has, was in before. Uh, and just maybe not with all the indie names we all love, but you know, they're doing it their way and it's working. But, uh, as I was going to say, I obviously watched the match, and boy, did it get uh, Tiffany Stratton, like, over with a loss, which, I mean, if that's what you're going to do, that's what you want to do. It made her look outstanding against someone with the history of Becky Lynch, even in a loss. So, hey. Uh, props to them. And now all the four horsewomen are Grand Slam champions, so there's that. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of the point. I do, too. That and, like, hey, let's... let's uh, You know, they've been doing that with NXT, like, popping main roster stars from mid to higher card on there. For example, Dana Brooks has been there for a while now. Uh, actually doing decent Whoa. shit. Actually, Whoa. actually doing decent shit, Mike. Don't say like higher. You're like, go like mid to higher stars there. So, and then say Dana Brooke. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Baron Corbin, how about that? There you go. Kevin Owens did some time there. Finn <laughs> Balor was champion not too long ago. Right. Like, right. like there was a bunch of examples, <laughs> and you went with <laughs> Dana Brooke. Well, it's <laughs> fair. Poor choice, but I'm just saying. Overall, Natalia I like the way they're... was there for a little bit. Beth Phoenix, 
Mustafa Ali, another one who's there. And Dominic is the NXT World or NXT World, NXT North American champion. So he had that going for him too. And you said Dana Brooke, yeah. I, Dana I fucked, Brooke. I fucked up. Okay. We all fuck up sometimes, Mike. Uh anyway, moving it's on. The, the best example you could come up with. <laughs> it was just the one that was on the forefront because she was just on there the other night. Uh anyway. Forgive me, Father, I have sinned. Uh what like what Dana fucking <laughs> Brooke. I just ruined this whole show, guys. Whole show. Off the rails. We're never recovering from this. <laughs> we may never financially recover from this. Mike, overall, um, I mean, I know this is a new territory for WWE, for wrestling fans in general. Uh, I know as of this recording, it was rumored that an email was sent out to the office employees that work from home because layoffs are coming. <laughs> Which... I mean, sucks, but makes sense when you have a mega company formed and some things, some jobs might be all overstaffed at this point, and you got to kind of narrow that shit down. Uh, this mostly sounds like office stuff, not roster stuff. I don't think we got to worry about that right now. Well, it's like, do you need two financial departments? Right, right, exactly. Um, so it, it'll be interesting going forward. I, you know, what's the I name of the company again? TKO. TKO. Fucking. Okay. <laughs> I saw the, I saw the, like, put out there. I don't know if it was Nick Khan or something, but basically saying, like, to one day have, like, a super weekend where there's, like, a SmackDown on Friday, a UFC show on Saturday, and a WWE pay per view on Sunday. And I'm like, I don't want that at all. <laughs> a super weekend. Mostly for selfish we just reasons call, we just that call I enjoy PLEs on Saturday, and I don't want UFC fucking that up. How about that? <laughs> a it'll super be, weekend. It'll be interesting to see where this all leads. If we as fans notice the difference. Oh, and by the way, speaking of differences, before we just move on to more important things, uh, Nia Jax is back, Mike. Yeah, I saw that. I watched Raw. I fast-forwarded through some most of Raw. I should say that. I like... Here's how I watch Raw. Is that I fast-forward through matches I don't really care about. Mm-hmm. But when they're playing the replay for the pin, because you know you can see what's happening on the scroll, the little right, scroll right. window... When they get to like the replay for the pen, I stop and I rewind it for two minutes, <laughs> and then I watch the last two minutes of every match. That's right? a pretty. That's a pretty solid way to watch it. All honestly, fucking brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then I watch the last two minutes of every match. So I saw that Nia Jax is back. Um, <laughs> we're not gonna blow this Rhea Ripley title title reign on Nia Jax, are we? No, nah, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. I don't think we got fears of that. I think. Why is she back? Like, why, though? I thought she didn't ever want to come back and we didn't ever want her to come back. She was like, I'm never coming back. And we were were all like, "Okay, cool. okay." no one asked you to come back. And then, you know, 
we all realize, yeah, but she's still part of that family. So, of course, they're going to let her come back if she wants to come back. And that's that's my imagining of what happened. Uh, you know. So you're telling me the model, I mean the market and the need for plus size models isn't isn't what they would have us believe it to be? I'm going to say that the, maybe the – I'll be real. I thought she was going to do very good at that. I'm just going to say – I'm going to go be a plus size model. I was like, that's going to work for her. Yeah, and it probably did, but it's probably also limited in the amount of different jobs. You know? I mean, I don't know. I feel like there would be lots of work for it. I don't know, Mike. I am, we accept all sizes in 2023. Man. I'm going to – I'm gonna. maybe I'll uh, have to dabble my toes in size modeling and see how it goes. I don't know. I know it sounded like I was being sarcastic when I said that earlier. Like, so are we to believe that there's not? I really was being dead ass serious. Like, I, I knew you were. Are we to believe that this is a thing? Anyway, um, yes, he's back. Whatever. <laughs> Dismissive right. wanking gesture. If you want to rage quit AEW every time you hear Excalibur call an Enziguria leg lariat, then this is the show for you. Welcome to Drive-By. Move on to the fun part of this week. Uh, the PWI 500, a very, uh, I think a very interesting top 10. Do you have the top 10 in front of you, Mike? Do you want to go I over have- there? I have it pulled up. I can always count on you, buddy. Number one, Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Two, Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Three, John Moxley. Four, Gunther. Five, um, Vikingo. Uh, six, MJF. Seven, Okada. Eight, Orange Cassidy. Nine, Josh Alexander. And ten, Cody Rhodes. It's- I um, just, can we just do top 20? Because I think it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Sonata at 11. Uh, Claudio at 12. Carmelo Hayes at 13. Samoa Joe at 14. Masha Slamovich at 15. How okay. interesting is that? Okay. Um, Brian Danielson, 16. Will Ospreay, 17. Alexander Hammerstone, 18. Bobby Lashley, 19. And my boy, Trey Miguel at fucking 20. Congrats, Trey Miguel. I'm so fucking excited for him. Anyway. So, so I think, I mean, the glaring, glaring light here is the top three, right? It's the shield. It's the shield, baby. And, I mean... Is the order correct? We can debate that all day, but... I think it is. I, I think it is. Rollins has had a better year than Roman Reigns. Well, I think John Moxley is in the exact right spot. Hold on. We're going to base this on hold on fade fucking wrestling. But when you base it also on the amount of. How do I want to say it? I don't want to say effort because that's not fair. Like, yeah, I mean, Roman's been champion for like seven years now. So, OK, but. 
like Roman also doesn't wrestle the amount of matches that a Seth Rollins wrestles. And I'm oh, I'm very excited for Seth Rollins. And I'm right not off even, the I'm not even talking, you know, house show shit that doesn't. I mean, that you can count as a record, but, you know, we don't see it. It's not television. I'm just talking in general, like PLEs, TV shows like Seth. Seth has the work and the, the record, the title defenses, the, you know, the times on television, shit like that. The matches in general without a title being involved before he was champ. So I think no, nah, I think it's correct. Um <laughs> I think Roman has to be too because of what he's done over the last three years. But I think, like, if you're literally looking at this past year, yeah, no, I like it. One, two, three. I, I think it's actually one of the first times where I think the top three, maybe even five, is just exactly where it needs to be. This also was, um, this was. This was exactly the point of the shield, right? Well, yeah. And then this is something that we was to create the three top stars of tomorrow. Like, you know, what's crazy is when Raw had its thousandth episode. I was reading this article on, I think, what culture and it was predicting Smackdown's thousandth episode, right? Mm hmm. And they literally had Rollins and Moxley like in their predictions. They were, but they were calling them Tyler Black and John Moxley. And they were like, by the SmackDown 1000th episode, these guys should be on this show and a crucial part of it. Mm -hmm. That's like, these guys have been like, you know, handpicked since. 15 years ago to be yep. the leaders in this industry. So, yep. I mean, like it's exactly where their careers are destined to be. And it's, it's, it's crazy to think because we all kind of, as fans, I think a majority of us, like we saw it, you know, we felt it, it looked right. And I mean, obviously Mox isn't with WWE anymore, but, the fact that clearly every, you know, I don't want to say everyone, but the people who were behind that and the bigger, you know, decision makers in WWE, they clearly saw it, right? Like, even if they only thought maybe two of these guys are special and one of them has potential, you know what I mean? Like, clearly, they put those three guys together for a reason because they thought those three guys would elevate each other <laughs> and everyone around them. And I think... You know, we can kind of talk about the kayfabeness of this list and the bias of this list, and sometimes we make fun of it, and sometimes we say, okay, we see that, and this is one where we have to be like, yeah, man, like, that's spot on. And for this last year especially, those three dudes, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, John Moxley is like the lifeblood of AEW at this point. Would you not agree? John Moxley is going to be the first ever greatest of all time for AEW. That's the thing. Like, if you really think about it, he's like, going to be their first 
all time. It's like Chris Jericho is an all timer, right? Like we all right. know that. he doesn't count. Mm-mm. Brian Danielson doesn't count. Mm. And yeah, was he Dean Ambrose for a number of years? Yes, but it doesn't matter. He is their first ever. I'm putting this fucking company on my back. Yep. Hulk Hogan carrying this shit. Yep. Face of the company. Well, because when you when it comes and down it's gonna to be it, for the next five years. Yeah, and that's what I'm gonna say. When it comes down to it, like all the like I don't want to say he's Mister AEW. Yeah, all the shit that's going on recently in that company, like the CM Punk shit, all that happy horse shit, right? Like they'll survive it. It'll be fine, whatever. But like John Moxley is one of those guys where, and believe me, I don't ever foresee this happening. But if like tomorrow he woke up and said he was done there and wanted to go do something else, like it would fucking hurt. Right. Like that would be the one where it's like, Oh God, Oh God. Like, what do we do now? And like, it's, it's wild to think like almost that that company is in existence because John Moxley is there right now. Like, I feel, I mean, and maybe you think differently, but I just feel like he's such a big personality, such a big, you know, part of that company that it would almost be detrimental if anything ever happened in the relationship with him and the company there. You, you, does that make sense? It would be a crippling loss. Yes. Yes. Like, we would never want it, you know, as a fan of any you know like i would never want roman or seth to leave or to retire or anything but they'd move on they would roll they'd find someone else and that's not to downplay the importance of roman and seth i'm just saying the aew's in this weird place especially right now with all the shit that they've been dealing with like i feel like the bucks could leave omega could leave ada or john moxley can't leave like, they can't afford that. Oh, God, no. God, no. Like, look. And if and, anything, and, that just shows how important he is and how and good I, he is. And I'm not the biggest John Monksley fan. I wasn't the big Dean Amber, biggest Dean Ambrose fan. I'll be real. I, I liked Dean Ambrose quite a bit in The Shield. Yeah, I that's that's one I not. It. I did not like him. It took about a, six months. After the shield broke up, and I was like, this ain't fucking working. What the fuck happened to this guy? And then, you know, later we would find out what the fuck happened to that guy. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. John Moxley's an entirely different character. Yep. 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 It's, it's wild. It's wild. Let's talk real quick. Well, Seth, I mean, we consistently uh, praise Seth Rollins on this show for, I don't know, the last five years at least. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, man, it's nice to see someone get their flowers, I guess. I, I know, you know, you can have people say, oh, look, he's on a number one, but they gave him a made-up title, which whatever, you know. And these companies create and remove and add and replace and renew titles all the time for wrestling. But this is like 
it, it's nice to finally be like, see, our guy's there. He's at the top. It's where he belongs. We've said this for years, and, you know, he's the number one guy this year, and, hey, props to him. And, again, you know, Roman, too, he's been doing it and been doing it consistently and solidly. Uh Top three, Shield. I love it. Now, I, number 10, Cody. I, I saw in our chat even a little bit of disagreement over this. Because um, the time frame, he was gone for most of it, was he not? Yeah. Significant chunk. But the thing is that Cody... <clears throat> Some point in the last year transcended. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going to go. To the next level. Yep. He is officially a next level superstar. Yep. In this industry, um, yep. he uh, transcends whatever company he's in. Yep. And, and he did this by sheer willpower and work yep. ethic. Yep. Um, let's also add that this was not like he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't like a Vince McMahon creation. This isn't Roman Reigns, right? Like, right, right. Like Roman Reigns also doesn't transcend wrestling, or I mean WWE. He right. is firmly WWE. Please believe. He showed up in AEW next week. He's done for. Done. Yeah. Yep. Done. If he shows up in New Japan next week, he's done. <laughs> yep. He's exposed entirely. Yep. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Is a top level guy everywhere he goes. Everywhere. Yep. Every yep. single place he shows up, he transcends wrestling. He carries himself more like a champion. <sighs> this is what's crazy is like the only major heavyweight championship he's held is the nwa title if you want to call it a major championship right you know what i mean intercontinental champion yeah in 2009 when it meant nothing um Mm -hmm. 2012 um yeah you held it the same time frame that uh curtis axel did okay we're just gonna go on with that um it is meaningless now he did have that when he moved japan United States champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he hot potatoed that TNT title. So he's never been a major on TV <laughs> heavyweight champion. Right. Yeah. He carries himself more like a major on TV heavyweight champion than anyone that's held the belt since Ric Flair. Yes. He's done. There is an air of excellence. Yes. There is an air of. Look, I didn't like AEW Cody, man. When he left, I was like, get the fuck up out of here, Cody. I was one of those people. I was tired of him. It. Whatever he. Nothing changed. Mm -mm. Except the setting. Mm-hmm. But within this setting, this dude has reached superstardom. It's yeah, it's and amazing. It's pretty crazy. It's, it's pretty amazing crazy how it happened. And it, it 
it's one of those things where it's almost like he, he I hate to say it because obviously we all want to see him win the title, right? But like he's almost became like an attraction, like The Undertaker, right? Where he is over and one of the most popular guys on the roster and doesn't need to be a champion because he's Cody fucking Rhodes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and like I mean, think about it. He's been back in the company, not a new guy, like someone who was with WWE left, did his thing, made himself bigger, came back and hasn't won a title at all since being back and is number 10 on this list. Right. Like, and he was gone for half the year with an injury. So, like, we can argue his spot all we want, but the fact remains that this guy's such has transcended it, like you said, to such a point that everything that we just said happened and he's number 10. So, I mean, it's fucking impressive, if nothing else. And you best believe if that dude wins, beats Roman, you know, this year at WrestleMania, I don't see how there's any way, shape or form. He's not number one next year. No, easily. Number yep. one. If he's Roman. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Mike, it's almost time to wrap up. Uh, is there anything on that list you, you can think of you want to touch Dude, on real quick? This or? list is nuts. This list is fucking crazy. I've been looking through it while we've been talking, bro. Like, it's nuts. <laughs> Shout out Lord Crew at 482, man. Unsanctioned Pro. Number one go. contender, their title right now. Um, <clears throat> Like, this is nuts because it's nuts like 463 Jeffrey John, who I call the MJF of Unsanctioned Pro. 464 Gary J. People I watch wrestle and they're and they're like right by Dijak 457. It's right. weird the Dijak's at 457, isn't it? It's weird that the Danhausen's at 453, right? Right. Shout out Tommy Vendetta at 448. Like the amount of like indie guys, indie deathmatch guys that got love this year is crazy. And also just like where you don't expect to see certain people at. It is like nuts. I just have been looking through here. This is really, really kind of crazy, man. Joel Bateman at 392, one spot above Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Joel Bateman, Alex Cologne at 388, Jimmy Lloyd at 386. I don't understand how Jimmy Lloyd's above Alex Cologne, but whatever. She, pff, fucking Bobby Beverly, the Bab. 380. <laughs> like, this is just nuts, man. This is just nuts. Nuts. Hey, you said it. You said it was an indie boom. Um, and here it is, crawling our way onto that list. I mean, hey. And you're out there supporting them, so props to you too, sir. Yeah, right? I do good things for everybody. <laughs> but, like, here's what's crazy. He's like, Cole Radrick. I know this guy. Cole Radrick at 300. Baron Corbin's at 299. Luchasaurus is at 298. A dude that I know. I'm not friends with this dude or anything. I know who he is. I know him. We've met. Right. We're on friendly terms. I've seen him wrestle a lot. This dude is literally right like right there by like on TV champions. Like Right. Atticus Kogart, 290. There's just I think this is really cool. Carlito at 285, right? Like Carlito, 285. Where does he's coming back? Ricky Shane Page, 268. 
Anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to that. This is really interesting. Kind of. I love it. I love it. Hey. Thank you. With the indie love. Doing the things. Death love specifically. Yeah, there you go. Hey, like Johnny Rob- Gargano's 227. Vinny Massaro's 226. Vinny Massaro. Vinny fucking Massaro. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> well, guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We'll catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By are available every Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drivebypod. And follow us on Twitter at drivebypod. This has been a presentation of the Nearfall Network. Until next time, bye.